Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 345 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Revelation chapter 9 today, and our focus is on who is Apollyon, what are the locusts of Revelation 9, and who is Abaddon. Well, every day we seek to dive into God's Word. We read it. We want to understand it. We want to obey it and live it. I would encourage you to tell a friend or family member about the show. Invite them to listen along with us and tell them to check out our website, which is Bible2021.com. More end times today. We're knee deep in the last day's scripture and going deeper and deeper and deeper. So in 25 plus years of pastoring and teaching, I don't believe I've ever taught once on Revelation 8 or 9. Not as I mentioned yesterday, because they are bad or boring chapters, but because they're not clear yet. And I'm not sure that speculation is a good thing when it comes to the Bible. Now we're asking a couple of big questions in today, the title of today's episode. And let me go ahead and give you the answers. Number one, I don't know. Number two, I don't know. Number three, I don't know. And number one, number three are the same questions, by the way. But before you skip to another episode, don't worry. We're going to try to talk these things out. And it would actually be a shame to skip Revelation 9 because it may be one of the top 10, maybe even top five most interesting chapters in the Bible. It's just that it's also one of the top 10 or top five most cryptic chapters in the Bible. So we will talk the most about the identity of Apollyon slash Abaddon today, but let's tackle our other question quite briefly. First, what are the quote, locusts of Revelation 9. Well, the fifth angel blows his trumpet and the shaft to the abyss is opened, huh? And out comes smoke and creatures that at least remind John of locusts. But based on his description, they clearly aren't, you know, what I think of when I think of the word locusts. Revelation 9 verse 7 says, the appearance of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. Something like golden crowns was on their heads. Their faces were like human faces. They had hair like women's hair. Their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had chests like iron breastplates. The sound of their wings was like the sound of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. And they had tails with stingers like scorpions, so that with their tails they had the power to harm people for five months. They had as their king the angel of the abyss, His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek he has the name Apollyon. So, wow, wow, wow. What in the world is going on here? Well, the Greek word John uses for these locusts is acris, which is the same word that is used of John the Baptist's diet of locusts and wild honey in Matthew chapter 3. But, again, these creatures in Revelation 9 are not locusts, right? I've heard many speculations here as to what they are, from helicopters to demons, but honestly, look, there's no way to know for sure. They are most certainly not of this earth, at least not an animal of this earth, uh, because John's language just doesn't seem that poetic and symbolic usually. But the good news for us is that they are unable to harm those who have been sealed by God. Uh, But this will still be a time of great terror for the whole world. And Honestly, the seal of God might refer to the 144,000 of Revelation 7, or it could refer to Christians in general, sort of along the lines of what Ephesians 4.30 says, don't grieve God's Holy Spirit, you were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Well, second topic, a little deeper here. 
Who is Apollyon or Abaddon, which are the Greek and Hebrew names respectively for the same being? Now, this being is an angel. He is the king of the strange locust creatures, and his name means destroyer or destruction. And do remember, angel can mean like messenger, so we're not necessarily talking about a heavenly angel. Apollyon only occurs here in the Bible, but we find the Hebrew word Abaddon in a few places in the Old Testament but usually as a place, not a being. So with Psalm 88.11, the psalmist asks, Will your faithful love be declared in the grave, your faithfulness in Abaddon? And Proverbs 15.11, Sheol and Abaddon lie open before the Lord, how much more human hearts. Now, there is a passage in Job where both death and Abaddon are viewed as like actual entities, very similar to how Paul speaks of death in 1 Corinthians 15 as an enemy that Jesus will destroy. Job 28:22, Abaddon and death say, we have heard news of it with our ears. So we can learn a little bit from this that Abaddon somehow represents death and destruction in some way. And perhaps a clue lies in the realm that Abaddon is the king of. He is the king of the abyss. Well, what is the abyss or where is the abyss? Well, those are some good questions. Now, this is a place that seems to be different from Hades, which is the Greek word for the place of the dead. It seems to be worse than that, more terrifying, though I admit that I am guessing based on a couple of key passages. For instance, in Luke 8, the demons that Jesus ultimately cast out of a herd of swine beg not to be cast into the abyss, and it's a request that Jesus grants, and that causes me to wonder, like, how bad is this abyss exactly if even, like, demons are terrified of it, right? We also read about the abyss in uh, Psalm 140, which seems to imply that it's sort of like hell or a kind of hell. Psalm 140 verse 9 says, When those who surround me rise up, may the trouble their lips cause overwhelm them. Let hot coals fall on them. Let them be thrown into the fire, into the abyss, never again to rise. Wow, okay. That sounds bad. And something along those lines might also be implied by a later scripture that we're going to read in a couple of weeks, Revelation chapter 20. Verse 1 says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key to the abyss, and a great chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who was the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss, closed it, and put a seal on it so that he could no longer deceive the nations until the thousand years were completed. After that, he must be released for a short time. Now, it must be said that Romans 10 does seem to speak of the abyss in more of a neutral sort of Sheol or Hades or place of the dead sort of way. Romans 10 verse 6, the righteousness that comes from faith speaks like this. Do not say in your heart who will go up to heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will go down into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. On the contrary, what does it say? The message is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, and this is the message of faith that we proclaim. Not an easy to understand verse, but the point being that Paul seems to speak of the abyss as simply a place of the dead. 
Now, going further than this with any sort of confidence is going to be difficult because the Bible is very quiet on the identity and purpose of both Apollyon, Abaddon, and the Abyss. We're only able to speculate a little bit, but that has not stopped people from speculating over the years. For instance, Tychonius was a theologian from North Africa. He lived in the 4th century A.D., He believed that Abaddon, or Apollyon, was the devil. Now, Andrew of Caesarea agrees with that view. In the 500s, he says, it follows that the devil is to be regarded as their king, for he certainly destroys those who obey him. Now, friend of the podcast, Charles Spurgeon, thinks the very same thing. He writes, the paths of the destroyer have often tempted us. We've been prompted to become destroyers, too, when we have been sorely provoked and resentment has grown warm. But we have remembered the example of our Lord, who would not call fire from heaven upon his enemies, but meekly prayed, Father, forgive them. All the ways of sin are the paths of Satan, the Apollyon, or Abaddon, both of which words signify the destroyer. Foolish indeed are those who give their hearts to that old murderer because for the time he panders to their evil desires. Primasius was a bishop who lived in the 500s, also from Africa. He considered Abaddon to be not the devil exactly, but some sort of dark angel. And then more recently, the modern-ish poet Alfred Tennyson was not a theologian, but he did think of Abaddon as a demon of some sort. In fact, he wrote in one of his works, Devils plucked my sleeve, Abaddon and Asmodeus caught at me. I smote them with the cross, they swarmed again. So who indeed is this king of the abyss? Who is Abaddon? Who is Apollyon? Well, As I mentioned earlier, the simple and safest answer is we don't know, but almost certainly a being of great power that you and I want to avoid if we possibly can. My best guess is a demonic being, although the fact that he's called an angel, an angelos, which means messenger, uh, does give me a little bit of pause, but we do remember also that Satan appears as an angelos of light or a messenger of light, an angel of light. And so we know that the word angel is not exclusively used in scripture to refer to good heavenly beings. So whoever Abaddon and Apollyon is, he sounds like a, uh, a person we just basically want to hide away in Jesus from. Well, let's read our whole passage. This is Revelation chapter 9, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. The fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from heaven to earth. The key for the shaft to the abyss was given to him. He opened the shaft to the abyss, and smoke came up out of the shaft, like smoke from a great furnace, so that the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke from the shaft. Then locusts came out of the smoke on the earth, and power was given to them, like the power that scorpions have on the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree, but only those who do not have God's seal on their forehead. They were not permitted to kill them, but were to torment them for five months. And their torment is like the torment caused by a scorpion when it stings someone. In those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. The appearance of locusts was like horses prepared for battle. Something like golden crowns was on their heads. Their faces were like human faces. They had hair like women's hair. Their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had chests like iron breastplates. The sound of their wings was like the sound of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. And they had tails with stingers like scorpions so that with their tails they had the power to harm people for five months. 
They had as their king the angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek he has the name Apollyon. The first woe has passed. There are still two more woes to come after this. The sixth angel blew his trumpet from the horns of the golden altar that is before God. I heard a voice say to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who were prepared for the hour, day, month, and year were released to kill a third of the human race. The number of mounted troops was 200 million. I heard their number. This is how I saw the horses and their riders in the vision. They had breastplates that were fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow. The heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and from their mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. A third of the human race was killed by these three plagues, by the fire, the smoke, and the sulfur that came from their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails, because their tails, which resemble snakes, have heads that inflict injury. The rest of the people who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands to stop worshipping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, which cannot see, hear, or walk. And they did not repent of their murders, their sorceries, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Lord, have mercy. Wow. Well, let's close out with our Bible memory passage for the month of December. It's Revelation 5.12, and it says, They said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And indeed, He is. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.